Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel podcast, powered by SRA, where we share risk intelligence with experts across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, Executive Vice President at SRA. Hello, welcome back to the Risk Intel podcast. Today, I've got Mike Jones with me. Mike presently looks after the compliance and fintech practices at, at SRA. Mike, in, uh, in prior lives, you have, uh, have advised and consulted with bank CEOs on, on uh, compliance topics. You've also been a chief compliance officer at a fintech itself. So uh, I'm interested today in understanding you know, a level above a risk maturity framework, which, a, which a, an organization needs to put in place. There is a compliance risk assessment program. So can you talk to me uh, and talk to our, our viewers here today a bit about a compliance risk assessment program and, you know, what are the most important attributes of, of that compliance risk assessment program? Sure, Ed, and thanks for having me. Uh, you know, there are two sort of fundamental risk assessments that an institution of almost any, any size needs to have. Uh, and those are the compliance risk assessment and depending on your product set, uh, the Bank Secrecy Act, anti-money laundering, uh, AML, OFAC risk assessment. Um, they, uh, the, the key here is uh, what these allow you to do is evaluate compliance risk in dis distinct and discreetly relevant areas of federal law, state law, regulation, and agency guidelines. The regulators, when they come on site to do a, an examination, they're going to ask you for your risk assessment. Uh, so it needs to be done periodically. Most institutions will find at least annually and more often um, if there are significant changes to laws and regulations or changes to your product mix. Um, there are others as well. And, and different institutions, uh, based on the market that they're in, uh, will consider things like fair lending risk assessments, UDAP risk assessments, uh, information security risk assessments, and others. So these are regulatory driven, but then there's also a, a risk appetite that an institution will have that will drive the, the breadth and depth of these risk assessments side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tailored to each individual institution. I mean, we start in our tool with about 60 individual laws and regulations and the requirements of those. Um, and what they, the way we approach it is you assign a risk rating for each individual law and regulation. Uh, related to the quantity of risk and the quality of risk management. Now, what does that mean? The quantity of risk is the risk that's inherent in your environment before the effect of, uh, of the risk reduction effect of your controls. Okay. Uh, so it's what you face. It's what every institution really faces in a market. Uh, and, and how do we assess that? We look at things like recent enforcement actions, mm -hmm. uh, civil monetary penalties, uh, you know, which can be quite large in some in some in some instances. Uh, you know, it really starts with you know what are the applicable laws and regulations for your specific institution, and how applicable are they? Uh, and that's really based on your product and services and the volumes of those products and services. You know, we also consider things like staff turnover. Uh, newer staff uh, sometimes present more risk than more experienced staff would. Uh, so we, uh, in all, we consider. Uh, almost a dozen factors under quantity of risk. Uh, quality of risk management, on the other hand, is the effectiveness of your control program. Okay. Uh, and it includes things like policies and procedures, 
training, uh, recent findings that you may have had in audit or exams, uh, all are indicators of how well you uh, control the risk of violating the law regulation. How deep then do these do these you know program risk assessments go? Right, you talked about uh, uh, you know the, the inputs into how they're how they're created, um, but right, what does it what does it take for a, a bank to complete one of these risk assessments? Yeah, so it starts with an assessment of what we call applicability. Your applicability matrix is a mapping of each law and regulation that you're subject to uniquely as an institution mapped to your business areas and your products. Um, Once you know that, and that that can be a significant drill for someone going through it the first time. Once you know that, then you can inset. That's your universe. That's it. Now now you define the scope, right? Now you can assess quantity of risk, quality of risk management. Uh, you, you develop an overall risk score, um, the residual risk, and the direction. Um, and frankly, it, it, it's unique to each individual institution. You know, you may have a law or regulation that you break down into a dozen or more requirements um, for one institution, while maybe one requirement is sufficient for another. Uh, okay. So that's really where the level of expertise and customization comes in. So you have to tailor uh, the applicable laws and regulations to your institution. Um, and, and you have to look at a lot of sources. It's not sufficient just to go in and sort of say, I think we're high, medium, or low here. Uh, you know, there's external reference materials like the actual statutes themselves. And we program a lot of that in uh, to our risk assessment tool. Um, there's industry guidance. There's enforcement actions that, that are published frequently. And, and frankly, if you look at those enforcement actions, almost always one of the root cause is an inadequate compliance management system or the lack of a risk assessment, um, other regulatory public. And, and then you also have to look at sort of internal uh, materials, policies, procedures, training, uh, testing calendars, complaint history, consumer complaints is a big one. Uh, the regulators are gonna look at it. You need to look at it too. Um, you know, Plans for new initiatives, volumes of particular vo- uh, products and services, all factor in uh, to, to the risk assessment. So it sounds like there's there can be a huge amount of content and expertise that is needed to administer and then you know update and maintain these uh, these risk assessments. Can you just give me a little bit of a look behind the curtain at um, at SRA in terms of how many of these risk assessment uh, program uh, programs of assessments do you, do you have in the in, in the compliance space? You know we track approximately a dozen compliance risk assessments, plus two or three additional that are, you know, regulatory focused, but they're more uh, related to information security and data security. Um, And they range from the ones I mentioned, compliance risk assessment, the BSA, AML, OFAC risk assessment, uh, fair lending, UDAP. Um, You can create a risk assessment, frankly, around any uh, law or set of laws that, uh, that you're subject to but those are the ones that uh, uh, that regulators tend to focus on. Yeah, they tend to ask for them, uh, so that they can actually prioritize their examinations when they come on site. Um, and you know, it, it's it's it, it's specific to your own product set, uh, but there are trends, and there there's a sort of a common set that also include things like uh, ID theft and red flag. 
Uh, you know, how effective are you at uh, identifying your customers and confirming that they are who they say they are? Even more important now in the world of uh, electronic uh, transit, uh, transactions, e-commerce, where you're not always face-to-face, -face, you can't always look at a driver's license. Uh, so a robust and, and adaptive program for that needs to be assessed frequently, especially as, as technology changes in those areas. And I'd imagine also that the regulators are, are happier to have uh, someone outside the organization providing a, a framework for that, that risk assessment so that it is not the organization checking on itself, so to speak. So having a third party um, you know, with, with an off-the-shelf risk assessment that has that expertise and experience embedded in it seems like that would be a a, a welcome uh, uh, a, a welcome uh, experience for that regulator to have when they walk in the door to uh, to conduct their exam. Clearly, clearly, you know, if you sort of study uh, findings of enforcement actions, like I said earlier, uh, an, an absent or an inadequate risk assessment is often a root cause uh, that leads to a, an enforcement action that ends up costing an institution a lot of money. Um, and what you see is as institutions go through these uh, significant levels where they come un under more scrutiny, like the $10 billion in asset size right, level, yeah. uh, you, you tend to see institutions, wise institutions, engaging a third party that specializes in risk assessments, that specializes in risk maturity assessments uh, to actually either provide the tool or provide the expertise to employ the tool we're both, and, and we do that for many of our clients. So Mike, let me wrap up with one final question around what these compliance program risk assessments, um, what, what they should yield, what questions should they answer? So what would be the, the outcome of this once an organization decides that they are going to either build their own or find a, a third party um, and bring in some risk assessment, portfolio risk assessments, they're going to then complete those, maintain those over time, where does that lead you to? What are the outcomes? Yeah. So what you should be able to see from a well-constructed risk assessment are you know, the ability to determine your overall compliance risk mm -hmm. quantitatively, uh, but not only the overall compliance risk, but by individual law and regulation. Right. That allow you to do good things like you know, identifying your top risk areas. What are your key compliance risk drivers? Um, and really what risk mitigants, controls, uh, and action plans are in place, what we call risk improvement activities, are in place and how to track those uh, to, to address the findings of your risk assessment. Um, you know, it, it really kind of what it looks like visually at the end, then, is the ability to create a heat map that takes your quantity of risk uh, and your quality of risk management, puts them on a, a scatter chart, and allows you to really look at where your focus ought to be. You know, and it's that top 10, 20, 30% of the key risks um, that probably represent, you know, 80% of, of your vulnerability. And it allows you to strategically then focus your monitoring, your testing, your compliance management activities uh, on those things that really matter. Right, those are those risk improvement activities where you say, right, this is what we found, this is where we go from here. Right. And it, it's critical, and I've seen it with many clients, is, you know, clients often know kind of intuitively where their risk is, uh, but the regulators don't want to hear. You know, they want to know that you have a handle on it. And what's more, they want to know that you have a plan to address it. Great. 
Well, hopefully uh, those banks that are moving up through the, you know, the ranks of asset sizes or, or are, you know, um, subjected to, you know, regulatory exams will see that this compliance, this suite of compliance uh, program risk assessments is, is critical to productive outcomes in those conversations. Mike, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.